The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and on tonight's episode of the podcast, I have Alexi Bulwark and Jake Carlson as returning guests, so we can talk about the MLB season coming up uh, starting next week and get an MLB preview going on here. Uh, the first question I had for both of you guys is, is that I know the divisions and which teams are playing each other are a little bit different because it's the 60-game season. So, Alexi, I was going to ask you this because I think you said it really well, at least when we talked before. How is the 60-game season working out as far as divisions and who's playing each other? Yeah, so how it's going to work is it's not going to be your typical season where you play every National League team if you're in the National League. Um, you're really going to play and focus on your division opponent. So 40 of those games will be within your division. Uh, those other 20 games will be um, against the other um, so, for example, the National League Central would play the American League Central, um, National League East against American League East, and then West versus West for American and National um, in the West. So that is how that will work. They'll play 20 games interleague style and then 40 within the division. That's how that's going to start, and that's how it will work for the 2020 season. Gotcha. So I guess the next question I have for either of you guys is how do you, who do you think benefits most from this, right? Who do you think which teams or maybe divisions benefit most from not having to, you know, play more than 60 games in the regular season? Um, I mean, I, I was really trying to think about this even like before we had scheduled the podcast, really, because I was just like, okay, who... Who has loaded pitching that, you know, like might be younger, might not get hurt? Who tends to like start off really hot? You know, stuff like that. I think that's what I was like really focused on. And I was struggling because like the Yankees are the first ones. But like if Judge and Stanton come out in the slump, then you're kind of you're kind of screwed if it comes like comes down to RBIs or home runs, scoring runs, stuff like that. Um, But I mean, Alexi, did you have anything? I think actually... I'm going to go with the Angels. If there's a team that could potentially benefit the most off of this of not having to play a full season because most of their pitching is garbage, um, it might very well be the Angels, um, considering that they get to rely on like a third of the season opposed to 180 games or whatever. Yeah, for sure. No, I think this season is going to be so unique that really anybody has a chance to make the playoffs. And even those teams that, you know, may be terrible on paper, but maybe they get off to a hot start. And those those better teams who have more talent just get off to a For example, last year, the Washington Nationals were like 19 and 32. Um, and, and, the, the and the Mariners were like 15 and 0 or yeah, something, right? They're like, like, there was something insane. Exactly. They're like 15 and two, um, got off to a hot start right after that though. They went ice cold, but you know, who knows what could happen in the 60 game season. Um, last year I saw a stat too. The Cardinals were, uh, ended up winning the division, uh, 20 games over 500. The pirates finished like dead last in the central 20 games behind them. But after 30 games or sorry, after 60 games, the pirates were one game behind the Cardinals. So that just tells you right there that like, literally I believe, I believe anyone that just, has that luck, does well in 60 games, has a shot to be there um, in the playoffs, which, you know, um, you know, and, and, and during a long season, that's where the good teams really take over. So, for example, the Dodgers, uh, Nationals, those teams have the pitching, 
have the talent to just take over, you know, mid season dog days of summer. Uh, but that's going to be, that's why I think this year is going to be a lot different uh, where I think more teams will just have a shot uh, to make some noise where you would expect them to do nothing in a, in a full season. Yeah. And the Braves even did that last year too. Cause they kind of, I think the Phillies were the ones that started off mm-hmm. hot in the NL East. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did too. And then just kind of like capsized, which was fantastic. Um, but yeah. And then the Braves ended up winning the division um, which everyone kind of like thought they would, you know, cause like coming in, you're like, well, if they're pitching, like if they're starting pitching pulls it together, then they'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I, I echo what Alexi said. It's going to be a very, very interesting year because some teams are just going to start off, you know, insanely hot and there's not, there's not going to be a point stopping them, you know, unless you're halfway through like what a regular season would be. So this this what you guys are saying is, is that the Baltimore Orioles are set up to win the world series as well as the Miami Marlins and play each other. Right. That's what you guys are getting at. (laughs) So to, to, to be a little bit more clear. Yeah. (laughs) um, I, I definitely think that it's going to be wide open, but those teams are pretty pretty awful to where I would like be really shocked if they even, you know, put up 20 win seasons. But I mean, honestly, who it's knows? Like 20 teams, games. right? Would you give it probably 20 teams? That yeah. Are probably in it. I'd say like, obviously the top dog teams of, of each league are going to be there and should be there. And then I'd say like the more of like the middle to like bottom, not, not the bottom, bottom, but maybe, um, a the little Reds. bit closer. Yeah, maybe like the Reds, Padres. I think they they could like make some noise just because they're not like awful. Yeah. Um, maybe the Rockies, like teams like that. But like, I, I mean, the Orioles, they were so bad last year. The Marlins, those type type of teams. I mean, unless they just get really lucky and and just pull off some crazy wins, then then sure they they might make the playoffs and lose in the first round. But I just don't so see you, like those type of teams making it. So you bring up the Rockies, right? And they're probably. Like, it's like, Calvin, you and I have talked about, like, if there's a season for OSU to beat OU, it's this year, right? Yep. For in football. Yeah. And the Rockies are supposed to have been, like, this, I wouldn't say very good team, but good team, right? They're supposed to be in the playoffs. I don't think anybody really doubts that. So is this a year that a team like them, or as I mentioned earlier, like the Angels, um, I don't want to say the Phillies because I hate the Phillies, but maybe the Phillies. Um, teams like that, where it's like you're not having to go completely through every like all 180 games where you get to really pick out the flaws. Like that might benefit teams like the Rockies or teams like the Phillies and or the Angels and stuff like that. Well, I would also think that playing teams with a bad division are going to be benefited more from this than not, right? So if you are, um, I mean, I, I guess the example I'd come up with here is that it's pretty evenly split, a lot of divisions, all type of stuff. But, Jake, as you just point out, the Who Phillies Who is the worst here, division? Well, as you just point out, here with the Phillies. So, like, the NL East is Nationals, you know, World Series champs, Mets, who, okay, have the Rookie of the Year, Braves, Phillies. But they can all just plummet and you know beat up the Marlins the whole time, 
And then um, you go through the AL East, and it's like, all right, well, the Blue Jays and Orioles aren't going to be just absolutely – I mean, the Blue Jays aren't going to be absolutely horrible. Um, but I do look at, at, like, the AL Central, and I go, okay, you know what? This would be a chance, again, for the Twins to pick up close to 101 season again. And, yeah. um, you know, kind of pace-wise, Grant, because we're only playing 60 games. But you got the Tigers the and the Royals. Far. Yeah, yeah, you got the Tigers and the Royals, and, like – Listen here, the the White Sox uh, from the Pocota stains that has been shared earlier by Jake, the White Sox have a, almost a 30% chance to make the playoffs, which is better than the Phillies, um, the Rockies, the Giants, the Padres, you know, the Brewers. Yeah, I can keep going, but like they're, they're projected to do pretty good. The White Sox here comparatively to, you know, the rest of the teams you would think of. They're actually might be in, in the discussion or not, but then again, it's it's the White Sox too, so it's not. I don't know, like I don't know them for pitching. You know, I know them for like Tim Anderson. That's kind of that's kind of it as the as the casual baseball fan that I am. If if I'm gonna throw a team out there, Alexi, you'll probably agree with me here. The Cleveland Indians are probably like if they start off pretty hot they might be very difficult to beat because that's usually their biggest problem is they, once the season gets going is then they kind of like screw up, you know, then they just like mm-hmm. capsize. But the Indians have had a very good team for the past, you know, three, four years. Um, I know they got rid of Kluber, which, you know, kind of sucks, but he was kind of bad last year. But I think the Indians are definitely – that team were like if they win the division and end up being maybe I don't know maybe like the second seed in the AL it wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, no, the the Indians have a have a really solid team and I think they could really benefit. Like that would be that's like a perfect team that you know may not you know be there at the end um, in the American League dirt for a, for a one hundred sixty two game season, but after sixty games, who knows what they could be? And yeah, they have good pitching, good lineup. I think I think the Indians have a really good shot. Uh, to make some noise in a season like this, for sure. Well, I'm looking through the Pocota standings one more time here, and when I take the bottom three teams out of each out of each division that it has lined up, and I add their percentage of playoff percentage win total together, right? The NL West looks like it's the easiest division, um, just because that because the Dodgers have a 97 percent chance to make the playoffs, then and then. Second spot is the Diamondbacks with a 21% chance to make the playoffs. But then the next three teams that are projected to make the playoffs, the Padres, Rockies, and Giants, add up to be a total of 30%, which, you know, or less than 30%, which is less than any other division. Now, granted, the Padres are at like 19.9, so they're almost right with the Diamondbacks. But still, I guess the thing I would say is that the Dodgers just have such a clear head advantage as far as percentage-wise which they should. They, you know, they got bets in a trade this offseason. They still have plenty of guys on the roster who we could just talk for about for, you know, the whole podcast if we wanted to. But yeah. it looks like the West here is going to be where the Dodgers are going to be able to dominate more than any other team really can dominate their own division. And and for the record, like based off of these Pacata standings that I sent earlier, um, if you guys want to look it up, it's P E C O T A. Um, and they basically have like an entire breakdown of of what they think the uh, the records are going to be. And we, we talked about it earlier. We have some we have some interesting things that we'll nitpick later. Um, 
But based off of this, the Baltimore Orioles have the lowest percentage of making the playoffs, followed by the Mariners. Is that correct? Am I reading this right, guys? Um, And then the Royals, Tigers, Giants, Pirates, Marlins. So that's like your bottom, what is that, six? And, uh, And Rockies here, too. And Rockies, yeah, sorry. Rockies would be below the Marlins, which I guess that can only be attributed to the fact that they're in the same division as the Dodgers. Like, no, I don't think anybody thinks that the Rockies are as bad as the the Marlins, right? Yeah, like and, that. And also, you know, if they're in the, I don't know, maybe if they're in the AL, it's a little bit better just because, I don't know, but, but it's also got to be who you're playing more often than not. Right. And yeah. I mean, the Rockies and Giants, you know, are going to have to face what they're going to face the Dodgers just, you know, 12 times or whatever in a 60 game season. Yeah. That's going to, you know, that, that, that right there, you go one and one and, <clears throat> you know, one and 12 or, you know, you, you might think it's a victory for the Giants on the season. It's just Dodgers are stacked yeah, and they'll have a huge You're advantage. facing them 20, 20% of the games like that sucks. But, it, like, the point I was making with this is, so, like, the Mariners have a 0.6%, according to this, of going to the playoffs, and they started 15-2 and two last year, mm-hmm. as Alexi mentioned earlier, and I think they still ended up last in the division. But if you start off 15-2 and two in a 60-game season, that's over 25% of the games done already, and you're already 13 games over 500. Whereas you would have to be 40, 50 games in the 162 game season. So I think that's like definitely uh, a pretty vast, that's like a 30 game margin where you're like, okay, so if we, if we don't screw up for this point in time, we can go to the playoffs. So Alexi, who, who's some other dark horse teams? That you know you do think about, you know. I know Jake's or Jake, you mentioned the Padres, which of course you know is music to my ears. Is always thinking the Padres are going to make the playoffs here sooner than later with a bunch of guys. India, Indians as well, but you know Indians. Yeah. Um. You know, is there another besides? I guess um, besides like the Nationals, you know, and I mean almost you know Nationals, Astros, and Dodgers. It seems like you know and Yankees. Seems like yeah. we're talking about them every year. But is there another team out there, dark horse wise? Yeah, there's, I mean, I have quite a few dark horses. Um, you know, you can obviously take those those big teams like the Dodgers and Astros, but it is interesting where this type of season you could just you could just see a team that wasn't even supposed to be there uh, make some noise in a 60-game season. One of those that I really like just off the top of my head is the New York Mets. I feel like they can make some noise in a way. Um, they've got the pitching. Don't guy say like, that. Guy like, guy like Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> Hey, I'm not. I'm just saying it because of what I see on <laughs> on the paper here. Uh, you you this is coming back from injury. Apparently, he wants to prove himself. You got Pete Alonso. Um, I think they're a little sneaky. I think they could make some noise in a way. Um, Didn't Syndergaard get evicted though? I feel. I I feel. I who knows with that guy? He, there's always something up with him. He can't even stay healthy. Guy, who know? Syndergaard. I I couldn't even keep up with that guy. Um, but. Beside him, I mean, they still have a solid. I mean, they got Strowman. Um, they just, I know Rick Porcello was terrible in Boston, but maybe he redeemed himself a bit in the National League. 
Um, who's the other guy they have? Steven Matz, another lefty they, they have in the rotation. So I feel like the Mets um, can maybe make some noise. Um, another team who I feel like could, just because they're, they seem to always be there, is the Rays. and they have, I love their rotation. Mm. I really do. I like their rotation. They always build a really good bullpen. Um, those are, you know, types of, of uh, the pitching, you know, takes you far in the postseason especially. Uh, but I really, I mean, the Rays, it's, it's, it's not a, you know, popular pick, and it's not um, something on paper where you see their team, you're like, oh, the Rays, like they're boring as hell. But they're pitching. I really like Blake Snell, uh, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glass. Now, I mean, that one, two, three. That's that's pretty pretty damn good. Yeah. All right. Well, now I get to ask the more uh, the more meat of the questions here. If you had to pick, you know, MVP runners and stuff like that for AL, NL, and stuff. I know it's tough because we don't know what the season's going to look like, and it's just going to be up in the air. Everything is. Um, Let's say Otani gets off to like a really good start, pitching and hitting wise, right? Like he's back, he's good to go. Um, you know, because it's a shorter season, it's oh my gosh, this guy's. It, there's just more focus on him, I guess, more or less, because he's playing almost every day when he's you know, even though it's his pitcher. Is there is he a possible MVP guy? Are there other guys. I mean, Trout it seems like every single year is on the same team. Are there just other guys out there? Of hey, I I picked them to win the MVP this year. I think this year's MVP is going to be like the NBA MVP, where it's like <laughs> the guy who wins the NBA MVP, like seemingly for the past like five, ten years, is the guy that just kind of surprises everybody. So I feel like that's more so how it's going to go. Like we can sit here and say Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. No one's going to dispute that. LeBron James is the best player in basketball. It's not really disputable either. But do they win MVP every year? No, not necessarily. So I think it's going to be more like that. But I think Otani definitely has... Like, if, if they're winning games, too, they he for sure could, could win MVP. And this is, again, where I think, like, at... Of, of, of all the years, this is the time where literally anybody could win. So, like, where you have you might have the teams that have a chance to make it to the playoffs for the first time and for however long it's been. Um, this is where I just see, like, whoever just had that amazing 60-game season may not even be Mookie Betts, may not be Nolan Arenado. It just might be, like, the guy you've heard of, but we're just like, wow, like, I would have never thought he wouldn't MVP, and he probably wouldn't have if it was a 162-game season. Um, I think that's where you could see something crazy like that happen, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. I'll go like a Lindor. Okay, I could see that. Lindor, that, probably, that, that's, that's an interesting pick. Yeah, I could see that. Like, if if if, if my uh, projections are correct, if the Indians start off well, and Lindor's batting like 300, <laughs> then it so would Lindor, make a lot of I could see that. Yeah. I I, I want to pick I want to pick like a really really good player, but I just I just feel like there's gonna be that one guy who's like middle of the pack who just breaks out, goes crazy, and they have nothing else to say. But he has to win MVP. Like like I think Ronald Acuna, uh, really exciting guy to watch. Take. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I really think take. Acuna like could do it, but like I still don't want to pick him just because I feel like he might have like a little bit of a a slump to start the year. Um, even though I think so, he's a great player and. Obviously, you know, I love the Braves, whatnot. Um, 
Acuna, I was going to say it, but like it, it sounds better hearing it come from you guys. Um, I think the thing with Acuna is the baseball purists wouldn't pick him. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Like, I think, you know, if the next 10 years come along and we're like, all right, it's Mike Trout and Ronald Acuna as the, as the two best players in the MLB, that would, I don't think that would shock anybody. I don't know. Like, would that shock you guys if, if they're like, yeah, Ronald Acuna is the best player in the NFL? Not at all. Not I, at all. I guess if I, had, if I have to pick a backup guy, I would think it's going to be, especially with this shortened season, it's going to be a guy who basically like wills his team to the playoffs, you know, is like the big name on yeah. that team, but wasn't, you didn't project him at all. So I think this year, like Varian Judge has an amazing year. I still don't think he'd be MVP because we're all assuming they're going to make the playoffs. You know, any of the Dodgers guys, like they have to do just so incredibly well for us to go, oh yeah, that that's guy, that guy's the MVP. Because when you have when you have years in a row where yeah, Trout's the best guy, but he doesn't make the playoffs, that I think gets I think that whole idea gets kind of prolonged into a sixty game season as well, where you go, well, hang on a second, why why are we giving Judge the MVP this year? You know, or you know, whoever it is, right? Like, why would it be Acuna? You know, like, guy's great, you know, but he's so young. Why don't we give it to a guy like Matt Chapman with the A's or something? You know, just something where it's like, mm-hmm. this guy's just a great fielder. He's amazing. And he's the he's the one huge name guy on this team, you know, that like is the household name guy or whatever, right? I think that's what Trout gets a lot of the time is, well, one, Trout's win shares is just historic. But the other thing, too, is that before Otani, like, I know Pujols, and that's it on the on the Angels roster as the casual baseball fan that I am. So maybe that plays <laughs> a little bit more into it as well. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, like if you can only name like one or two guys on the roster just off the top of your head without like Alexi, like I know you're way more into baseball than I am, so you know better than I do for sure. But and Jake, same with you as well too. But like if um like like for example, if the Rockies are just playing tomorrow night, right? I cannot name you more than three guys on the Rockies roster off the top of my head. So if Nolan Arenado just goes crazy, then I'm going to go, well, maybe Arenado should get it because they weren't projected to make the playoffs and they weren't projected to really be a front row in the NOS, all type of stuff, yada, yada, yada. But they're going to be right behind the Dodgers and Arenado just went off this season, had 20 home runs, you know, or had 22 or whatever it is and just go crazy. No, I know what you mean there. Um, yeah, I could see that. And that that's what happens with good teams, unfortunately. Like, you know, you could have a good player break out, but he gets overshot, overshadowed by a guy like Cody Bellinger, who has a really good year, which he's expected to have. Um, so, yeah, I see your point. And, and in a 60-game season, like I said, it, it's going to be really weird. Like, I, I don't even know what to expect. Like, are the, are the guys like Mookie Betts going to just start out right away, get hot, go crazy? Because some of those guys take take a while to warm up, you know? Um, same thing with pitchers. Like, I know I was watching, you know, all, over all the years that I've watched baseball, I, I, I see a lot of pitchers um, start off really, really slow. And part of that is because of cold weather. But that's where this year could be really interesting. What if, it, what if the warm weather um, – not cold temperatures, you know, don't affect them as much as it would per se if it started in late March or April. So um, a lot of a lot of different factors that are gonna, that are going to kick in um, when we start next week. Does yeah. it really start next week? 
Yep, next Thursday, Nationals versus uh, Yankees, uh, the first game, and then right after that would be Giants-Dodgers. The Braves play Friday. Yeah, yeah I think the, yeah, the majority of games, like pretty much everything else, would start that Friday. So It's not like I'm going to watch the freaking ESPN games either because those are terrible. But Yeah, listen to A-Rod all game. I'm sure, I'm sure, Alexi, you probably don't like ESPN broadcasts either, do you? I hate it, but I watch it because it's the only freaking stream I can get when when then when they play the national game, like the national uh, like Sunday night baseball games or something. But yeah, they're they need to get a new crew on there. I mean, these, these guys are awful. I can give you the uh, Fox Sports Southeast if you want. Ooh, I might have to I'll give you some Braves games. Well, okay. you guys have seen the uh, MLB like blackout, you know, like map, right? And Oklahoma is blocked out from like four or five teams, you know. It's mm-hmm. like Rangers, Royals. Um, oh my I gosh! Believe, yeah. I believe Cardinals. Cubs and Cardinals too. It's ridiculous, just, just bizarre. It's Cubs, it's really I, ridiculous. Maybe not Cubs, but there's definitely another team. It might be like Rockies, Rockies. yeah, or Astros. Like, yeah, that's those, the yeah. one thing that that's like just part. Like baseball really has like shot themselves in the foot this whole off season and, and leading up to the season now. And it's like, that's just one thing added on. It's like, how can you not figure it out to where you like have all games viewable, viewable for people to watch? Like if you're trying to grow the game and get viewers to a sport that you, you know, are trying to get young people to watch, whatever it is, like get, get that kind of stuff, right? Like you're just, you're just making it worse for so many, so many people. Yeah. What's the point of having blackouts at this point? Yeah, I, I, I felt that way it. about I felt that way about the NBA, too, because the Wizards and the Suns are the only two teams that aren't on TV at all. Now, Bradley Beal's not playing anymore, so I could care less. But before I knew he wasn't playing, I was talking to my girlfriend, and she's like, why the hell don't they just put every team on? I know. Like, What what else is anybody going to watch? Yeah, I I I really don't get it. Like, just have it like Summer League. Calvin, you know it. You've been to Summer League. Like, they put Summer League on NBA TV and ESPN 2 or whatever it is. And that's not a problem. Like, what is the big deal about, you know, if the Lakers are playing insert team here because they'll be on ESPN. And then you have, like, I don't know, Suns Grizzlies on ESPN 2. What What is... What's the problem with baseball doing something like that too? Like why why is this like what are we going to miss the 30 for 30 that you guys are going to stream? That's a rerun from 3 years ago. Well, the thing I would say, I mean, n- not to defend, but just to play devil's advocate here for a second. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay, you look at Michigan, right? Michigan has one major league baseball team in Detroit, the Tigers, right? And the mm-hmm. whole state of Michigan's blacked out from watching the Tigers. So you have to buy the local Fox Sports cable package to get the Tigers, right? That's the whole idea. But when you start looking in other states, period, okay, why in the world, if you're in Oklahoma, can you not watch the Royals? It's because they won the World Series more recently than, you know, the other surrounding teams Oklahoma's be fans of. But then when I walk into Walmart living in Oklahoma, I see Cubs hats available, you know, like... Just I just don't get it a lot of the time. I don't understand the blackouts at all when you don't have a major league team in the state. And, okay, Alexi, you're a perfect example of this. You're from St. Louis, but you live in Oklahoma, so you're a huge Cardinals fan. Die hard. Shout out to Yadim Molina for his birthday today. And <laughs> I had to throw it out there. You guys knew it was coming. 
And so, heck yeah, gross. <laughs> Get out of here, Jake. Anyways, um, G O G O A T. Yeah. All right, maybe that's too far, but anyways, um. <laughs> the, the point I'd say is, is that like Alexi, you've got to be just get out of here, dude. Because you're you're in Oklahoma and you can't watch the Cardinals. And I know my my dad is a Cardinals and Reds fan from years back when you know Johnny Bench was playing for the Reds. It's when he was a huge Reds fan. I know my dad's a Cardinals fan. Um, you know, there's a yeah, lot of Oklahomans I know to who. Be, yeah, my dad my dad's a Reds fan too because they were the only team that was on television. Yeah. They didn't show any other team, like, there weren't any other teams on TV. Like, uh, obviously, like, the Yankees and stuff like that. But I think, like, because my dad grew up in Illinois. So, the Reds were primarily on TV, as well as the Cardinals. And he grew up, like, closer to St. Louis than he did in Cincinnati. But we mm. hate the Cardinals. I'm sure, I know you know that, Alexi, but well, it's fine. I kind of sensed it from... Uh... From the Yadier Molina boo after Cowan <laughs> shouted him out. So like, I mean, it's just the guy's birthday. Come on. But hey, hey, wait. I, I, I have a question for a follow up question later. But Cowan, you can you can go off what you're gonna say. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was just gonna finish this point out with the blackout because I don't want to make this whole just MLB blackout podcast. But I just don't like 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 there are um, on this map that are retweet for anyone following at the CJ tour on Twitter that. L, like Los Angeles, you're blacked out from both teams. You know, when maybe you guys have known this before or not, Jake, I think you know this, Anaheim is not that close to LA. You know, like, it's only probably like 15, 30 miles or so, but driving-wise, not that close. But also, how in the world are you making um, are you making sense to people who buy, like, ML, MLB TV, Right, who go? You know what? My team is X. I want to watch this team play baseball. So, for example, myself living in Detroit, you know, most of the time, but back in Oklahoma for coronavirus stuff or whatever. I'll say I want to watch the Padres. Okay, I'm fine because the Padres are not the winningest team, you know, ever. Not huge, all type of stuff, whatever. And at the same point, it looks like from the map, I could watch the Yankees if I wanted to, and I could also watch the Dodgers if I wanted to. But, mm-hmm. oh, I couldn't watch the Cardinals if they're playing. You know, it just, they're, they're, they're a couple states away. And then, but I can watch the Cubs who are in the same, same state. You know, I mean, same close, you know, proximity wise. St. Louis is not that far away from Chicago, right? It's like four or five hour drive. So it's just, um, yeah, I'm clear. I know they're not in the same state, but my point is, is that like St. <laughs> Louis is almost in Illinois, right? Kansas and, City's in Kansas. And Kansas City's in, Kansas and stuff, so I can't watch the Royals, I can't watch the Cardinals, but I get to watch the Cubs, and I get, you know, it just, there's just a lot of stuff that just doesn't make a lot of sense to the MLB blackout map, period, but at the same point, it would be really nice if you bought the MLB TV, right, and then you said, hey, no matter what, I want to watch this one team, even if it's blacked out in my home area, so I put in, I say, you know what, no matter what, I want to watch the Rangers, you know, and then if other if I if I'm blacked out from watching the Dodgers play the Yankees or you know Dodgers Giants or Yankees Red Sox or whatever, all right, go figure. But at least I get the Rangers. You know, it just the blackout map just does it doesn't make sense to anyone. Clearly, it blew up on Twitter a little bit here and there, so it definitely doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, the the blackout stuff is like the only sport that it really makes sense in is the NBA. Like, none of the other, because 
if you watch NFL, like if you get blackouts in NFL, you're screwed. Because, like, so I live in Atlanta. Do you know how far the blackouts run in Atlanta? I mean, realistically, what is the next closest baseball team? So, yeah, you're only blacked out from watching the Braves, um, the old state of Georgia and South Carolina, most of Alabama, and most of Mississippi. But I'm saying, like, what is the next closest baseball team to Atlanta? I'm assuming it's a team in Florida. I'd say Miami, right? Yeah. Miami's about 13 hours. Maybe Pittsburgh? No. No. Actually... Think Nationals, really Nationals have a Nationals here? maybe. A team? You'd be you'd be surprised how far Miami is from here. Yeah, well, I thought, say for that. some reason it was closer. Dude, if you're in Atlanta, yeah, it like, looks my, like. Are you I saying Cardinals? Say Miami and Buffalo are like the same drive. Wow. Honestly, yeah, Wait, it's like are we saying it's Cardinals insanely far. We could be seeing Cardinals or Reds possibly from Atlanta. As I just like ballpark it off a map here, you know. So, so Miami from where I'm currently at in North Atlanta right now is roughly it says nine hours and forty four minutes. So Cincinnati wow. is is eight hours. I didn't even realize that like there's nowhere no one close to Atlanta. That's crazy. Like baseball so, like, wise, I, like I'm just talking about like the blackouts. Yeah. You know, but like if, if you are, I don't know. I mean, if you're blacked out from, if you're in an Atlanta blackout zone, you're screwed. But the problem is, is so many people are Braves fans because they used to be on TBS. They were already nationally broadcasted, so it didn't matter. It's like the Cubs with them being on Win Network WGN. or whatever it is. WGN. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Are they still on it? <laughs> Uh, so they've pretty much, I think they've mostly went to like, <clears throat> excuse me, Comcast and like NBC Sports, but like mm. they'll play a couple of games on WGN. It's not like every single game though. Yeah. So it's like, it's the same concept, but like you get every Braves game on Fox Sports South unless, mm. um, unless it's on ESPN. But even then, I'm pretty sure you can still find it on, like, the radio and stuff because we have um, Chip Carey's grandson, I think, nephew, one of them. He's one of the Carey's, but he's fantastic. So, like, Braves fans don't like to listen to anybody else, but, like, if you're Alexi, as you were mentioning earlier, Calvin, like, (laughs) how many baseball teams are within five hours? Oh, of St. Louis, it's it's insane. I mean, oh, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot like Kansas City, Chicago, both Chicago teams, uh, and then what? Milwaukee. Dallas is like Dallas is eight hours. Mm-hmm. So Dallas is even closer to St. Louis than it is to my than Atlanta is to Miami. Huh? Crazy. So like, yeah, that's insane. St- Cincinnati's probably closer. Cleveland's probably closer. So like, I guess Cincinnati's the, not far from us either. Yep. The the blackouts like just make no sense, and I I really wanted to hit on this more with the NBA, but because the NBA blackouts like those make absolutely zero sense, especially when they're all playing in the same place. Like you have no excuse to not show every game. 
Yep. But, but like, I've never understood the point of blackouts in the first place. Well, it's to make you. It, it's to make you buy the local TV network, I believe. Um, Is it? I could be totally wrong, but that would be the that would make the most sense if you're blacked out from because it's it's national blackouts. So you're okay. So that way you wouldn't like if you're. I'm gonna go back to the same example here. Actually, I'll switch it up a little bit. So I'm gonna say you know if you're living in Atlanta, you wouldn't be able to get the Braves on just over the air satellite, like not even satellite, but like over the air um, antenna. You know, broadcasts. You'll be able to get them on the local news channels or whatever. And instead, you could only mm-hmm. get them through Fox Sports, South, you know, Southeast or whatever it is for you guys. You know, um, and that way you have to upgrade your cable package. Is the idea of getting black is the idea of blackouts because the cable networks would work with the um, MLB to say, hey, we want to make sure you know you guys have good data on this or whatever the MLB's incentives are. But hey, we want to be your official provider, and to do that, we want to make sure that we have an agreement that it's blacked out locally for these areas, so that people have to upgrade to see their teams. Mm. I know it's a really long-winded way to say it, but basically, like the NFL doesn't have um, enough games that are played on enough days of the week because they play theoretically on only like three days a week max, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, besides playoffs on Saturday sometimes. But NFL, you know, you watch Sunday Night Football and I can be in Oklahoma City and see, you know, see the Cowboys or I can be in Detroit and see the Cowboys play and I'm all good. Baseball is annoying because, you know, unless it's on like ESPN, you know, for, for Lexi's sake, he can't watch the Cardinals, you know, in Oklahoma City, right? And so... Yeah, the Cardinals will not come over on K4 or News Channel 5 or News 9 or whatever would be in Oklahoma. Um, they'd instead be blocked out. Don't worry, I still have my streams. I, I, I find it one way or the other. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to use it. Don't go without nowadays. watching games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. Hold on. I want to know what Alexi's question was earlier yeah. about oh, yeah. Molina. So, um, a follow up question. I always like to ask this to non-Cardinal fans, and especially, I guess, ones that don't enjoy the Cardinals at all. So I've gotten a lot, like, most of the people that I ask, like, give me their honest answer as, like, oh, I just do it to, like, mess with you or, like, just because they hate the Cardinals. So I just want your honest opinion, and you don't have to worry about hurting my feelings. Do you think that Molina is a Hall of Famer with his the career that he's had, yes or no? Absolutely. Okay. I like and it. I hate them. I hate it. The idiots. There's so many idiots out there who like will just be like, "No, he shouldn't. He's so overrated." And they don't look over at his overall stats, like what he's done over all the years. And it's like, okay. how do you look at that and not think he's a Hall of Famer? And I'm not even like, yeah, I may be biased, but like, I still like look at him. Like, holy crap, he's 38 and still catches like he's like 25. Well, well, you're not maybe biased. You are biased, and that's fine. <laughs> but like. I remember talking to my dad about this because like, so my dad, my brother, my mom, like basically like all six of my family members are all like massive Braves fans. And then like mm-hmm. second is the Reds because mm-hmm. my dad grew up a Reds fan and my sister used to work for them. The Reds hate between the Cardinals is obvious, right? Like if, right. if you even remotely pay attention to baseball you know that the reds and the cardinals hate each other like when it comes to the cubs i'm like i don't care about the cubs and i'm sure you probably think the same thing at this point 
No, oh, yeah. the Cubs are kind of good now, so it's a little different. But like mm-hmm. before they won the World Series, it was like, no, I don't care about the Cubs. And Dusty Baker was better. Yeah, like, yeah, we're just gonna fight every every game and call it a day. <laughs> and but to say that Yadier Molina isn't the isn't a Hall of Famer, how long has he been the best catcher in the MLB? And if he hasn't been the best catcher in the MLB, who has been better than him? I don't know. Give it fifteen years. Uh, there's only there's a, there's one that comes to yeah. mind, and it's Pudge Rodriguez. Yep. Oh, I see. And, and that's, I was gonna go with uh, Buster Posey the year he won the MVP. I think that was just like rookie year okay. or so. But that's but it, but I'm saying that as the one year. You know, I'm not. You know. Yeah. Right. No, I think I think. Um, Molina. What's crazy about Molina and like, like I said, like watching over the, all of the years, like I think I've seen it a lot more. Just like, yeah, he may not have those sexy numbers of offensive, uh, you know, hitting over 30, 30 home runs, hundred RBIs. He was never that ki- type of player, but like he still had some like really, really underrated offensive seasons. But his defense just puts it all away. I mean, he's had he has nine Gold Gloves. I think he won. I don't know the exact amount in a row, but like seven in a row or like seven of eight and that's like just dominating your position um defensively and then i saw another stat which was pretty crazy um i don't know like i said the exact um words of what it was but basically it was a big gap of um team it was from like i don't know 2005 when he started or 2004 to like 2015 or 16 of the amount of teams who did not attempt to steal against the Cardinals and then the next team was like it was it's a crazy I have to show you the graph it's like you look at it and you're like holy shit like people were like literally scared to run against him and still are because of how good he is he was at the defensive position and in Yadier like on the offensive side we're not expecting catchers to be godsends anyways you know like no one's gonna be Johnny Bench right like that's just not gonna happen but he's definitely been better than most of the catchers offensively. Exactly. Because like, you think, like, who were the catchers, Calvin? I'm just curious because, like, I, I named Pudge and you named Buster Posey. But on on behalf of Alexi and his biasness, like, who are the other catchers that you would say are better than um, Yadier? Like, right now, the tough thing for me is that being left-handed, I was never really growing up looking to watch catchers all the time because I was never playing catcher. Um, so it's it's not the easiest thing to remember off the top of my head. But, like, I mean, there are plenty of times where I go, yeah, the Cardinals, dude, the Cardinals have been good for forever. And, oh, my gosh, you know, Molina's coming up in the World Series, you know, in back-to-back years or, you know, in the year against the Rangers, excuse me. Um, and then, you know, before then and stuff, too. So... Molina's the guy who, like, right now comes to point of mind because, of course, we're talking about him, but, of course, because I follow XC on Twitter, too. Um, the the other thing I'd say is that, yeah, like, um, oh, gosh, is it is it Jorge Posada? Is that the guy with the Yankees? Um, or am I just completely blanking here? Um, gosh, who's the Yankees? Yeah, that was a, that was a while ago. But yeah, yeah, that's, yes. that's the catcher. Yeah, so I know it's, you know, yeah, so a while ago, had to be for sure, but, um... You know, I try to go through. Real Muto is everyone. the only one. Real Muto is the only one that comes to mind now. 
that and yeah. like he's really good but like even now there's not there's not a ton of catchers like the yeah. Rays were first place and didn't and Tyler Flowers was their starter for the for most of the year Tyler Flowers and Brian Brian McCann well and then I go I, back to like Joe Maurer but Joe Maurer and towards the end of his career did not play catcher at all you know he definitely yeah. was first base yeah for sure age. so yeah. You know. and that's something that that's something that I've like kind of thought was crazy too. Like I, I I respect Posey. I think he's been a great catcher, like one of the best to, mm-hmm. to ever play. But I think if you look at him, he's he's had a lot, and, and you can you can say he's had the concussion injuries, which is is totally understandable. But he hasn't played a catcher as much as he has over you know for the first couple of years, whatever he played. But over the past two three years, he hasn't really played as much catcher as he usually did. And that's why I might I still think it's like crazy to see how much Molina has still been able to catch as many games as he has at this point. Because the catcher position, that's not an easy position to play. And he's coming up, he's 38 now. I'm like, how the hell is he still catching? Like I don't even I really don't understand how he is even solid a solid player at this point in his career, just because you don't see this from catchers. Like Joe Maurer, perfect example. He was a Brian great, McCann awesome can barely catcher. run. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Brian McCann could barely like get down the base path. Right, so I don't I don't know what the hell he's training and doing, but whatever it is 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 he's not slowing down. But um, I mean, other catcher, I I, I think Romuto, he's he's definitely a top catcher in the league right now. I just don't mm-hmm. know who would be like, like who could be as dominant as him. I, I I just don't see like like I'm not too big, and and it's not just because I'm I'm a Cards fan and and I hate the Cubs. I, I I'm not too big on Contreras. I don't think he has like the, the consistency. I, I think he might be. A, a solid hitter at times, but or Gary Sanchez too is the other yeah, one that people like yeah, Gary scream Sanchez. over. To yeah. me, now catcher is like Yadier might be like the Adrian Peterson of catchers. No, he might not have like the the comparable stats. Mm-hmm. So hear me out on this, people, before you like blow a freaking gasket about it. But like Adrian Peterson is one of the last running backs that we'll remember in the NFL. That wasn't that was a down to down back, right? Like now, running back is expendable, with the exception to as Calvin and I have talked about what your top three to five running backs in the league, right? You know, when the 49ers made the Super Bowl, it, even the Chiefs made the Super Bowl on three different running backs. So I, I'm starting to think that catcher is looking a little bit more like that. That I I hate to compare like catcher to a running back, but it is that mm-hmm. important. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's definitely very important. Um, but like Yadier might be like our Adrian Peterson of catcher to running back, where it's like, all right, well, this might be the last down to down running back that we'll get, and this might be the last. Yeah. Um, of that era of like catchers that are still like playing, you know, 140 games probably. Um, I don't, Alexi, you'd know better than me how many games Yadier plays per year, mm-hmm. but like that are playing well over like 80% of the games. And so I, I think that's definitely, you have to attribute that to him. You have to like, you have to give him praise for that nonetheless because like in a in an age where catchers are dying and it's like as i said the braves won won the division and that's just the team that you know i know but they won the division on two different catchers and neither of those catchers could hit very well 
and only one of those catchers was very good defensively. So, it, no, yeah, it, at this point. point, it seems like an expendable position. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, it just seems like to me is that we're not going to see like, Jake. Like the point you're making, I guess, is that we're not going to see the um, Adrian Peterson. You know, Chris Johnson is who I kind of think of as well. Derrick Henry would kind of be the guy we think of today, but not really. Um, of like a true running back who doesn't really catch the ball in the backfield, doesn't use just like a hybrid type of wideout guy on some plays, you know, but is also just the mainstay of an offense for an NFL team. You're, you're also, we're also just not seeing the, um, you got Aaron Molina's the world just keep coming up. And instead it's, you know, kind of catcher by rotation or whatever. And the AL teams have it much easier than the NL teams, I'd say too, just because you could have a guy who's, man, he's a great catcher. He's doing super well, but do we got to give him a couple, you know, a couple days here and there ever so often where he's not catching. He can just go in and hit and we'll put him as a DH or so and put another guy mm-hmm. in, call him up or whatever. Whereas NL wise, you know, if you've got Molina, you're always going to put him in a catcher. But some of the other guys, you go, you know what? You, you can just kind of see. There's just a lot more statistics and everything with MLB now. It seems like in the past 10 years, especially, you know, we got, you know, gosh, everyone's seen Moneyball now. It seems like 5,000 times at least. But, yeah, you see the stats of, you know what? If we have this guy play DH or if we have this guy play first instead of catching every single night, we can keep him, you know, fresher throughout the season or whatever, too. And I don't think we're going to see a ton of Molinas and Maller before him and, you know, kind of kind of in the same timeline. Molinas just stayed healthier, it seems, but we're not going to see as much. Well, I, I feel like a lot of them are going to end up getting that route pushed to first base. Because that seems like the transition that we're seeing now, right? Where it's like you catch for, what, five, ten years, and then you get pushed to first base, and that's where you finish your career out. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're seeing guys who are just not good defensively go to go to first base now. Um, yeah. Goff, Vlad Guerrero Koff, you know, like... Yeah, he's already over at first base. That's crazy. I mean, uh, Chris Davis. Chris Davis. But, oh, okay. my God. Okay, I, I got a question for you guys here about Vlad Guerrero and uh, Pete Alonso. It's kind of the same question here, all right? Okay. So, yeah. you're the Blue Jays, and I understand not calling up Guerrero because you can keep him on the timetable you want to, to for us when you got to pay him his big contract um, in the minors. But then if, if you know Guerrero's not going to play third base all the time <laughs> for his whole career, why not in the minors switch him over to first base and get him some of those at-bats in, in the minors or so? It just doesn't I, – I mean, I guess first base isn't a harder position ever to play defensively, but still, it just kind of seems like you would just switch the guy over earlier if you knew. And Alonzo is already switched over, I guess, my point. He's just a first baseman, period. So it's kind of interesting to see so- how that works. The only thing that I can think of is maybe they have a first baseman that they really like that's older in AAA. Buffalo, actually. Um, but I know Alexi and I have talked about this and agreed on it, that we hate the whole like super power hitter mantra hype train that goes on in the MLB right now. So... For sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think... Like, is he probably going to end up playing? Yeah. I don't know if you do you play DH. 
or you just there's the dh you don't really play dh um but like he is like <laughs> his mobility is like minimal so he'll just end up being the dh and that's fine but if he ever gets traded and or signed with an nl team then he's screwed yeah which is going to I know I know probably hates yeah but yeah. I also think it's funny whenever we're seeing these I know. screenshots and videos and tweets or whatever <laughs> of the you know of these guys doing inter intersquad scrimmages or you know batting practice or whatever in the background you can see on the video board that you can see their the players are getting their real time launch angle and it's like really are we you know they need to know the second after they hit that last pitch what their launch angle was every single time oh got it you know got to angle it up a little bit more or whatever it's just kind of I don't know. Um, I, I love watching. And I think that I hate the DH though. I hate it. I think it's so lame. And and I know Alexi's probably the same. Calvin, you're probably the same. Like I just, I think it's lame. I hate it. I understand that it's good. So, I mean, like all the DHs is just like older players with power. That's it. So I like the yeah, DH but keep guys if you like, make it universal. That's the one thing. You make the UA, if you yeah. make the DH universal, I'm I like it and I'm fine with it. But having it where it's American League versus National League, and then just knowing every single year when you watch the National League teams that they've got this weird like disadvantage versus advantage or something, you know, every single time. It's like in um, it's almost to me like in the in the NFL if you could not have a punter on your roster in the NFC, right? You could only, the only thing you could do in the NFC is go for like the fourth and 15 rule, or um, you have to, you have to put in the backup quarterback to, you know, to do punts, right? Like it's not the absolute biggest, um, you know, hamstrung, like, um, you know, penalty in the entire world, No, it's but like, you're going to clearly tell it's that like the, if the backup quarterback yeah. were your first down. It's like if your backup quarterback played for first down, that's the equivalent of a DH. Because we're talking like potentially, realistically, it's probably like what? 220 percentage points worth of batting average. Yeah. So if if like your backup quarterback is in on first down, you're just going to hand the ball off every single time. <laughs> Well, and the other thing we're getting to here as well is that you can clearly see the difference of would Pete Alonso be a DH most nights if he was in the American League, right? The, yes. I think the answer is, yep, probably without too much of a question, all type of stuff, whatever. Kevin Euclid was a DH. You know, David Ortiz extended his career for years longer because he's a DH, all type of stuff, whereas Ortiz is not playing the National League. You know, just, just straight up, like, I know there were rumors about him getting traded every so often, all type of stuff, but I don't think it was the National League, you know, and you just Prince have that Fielder weird too. thing. Yeah, Fielder is the same, um, and you just got that kind of weird stuff. Um, I did want to ask you guys a couple more questions here from, that I sent over yesterday with that, that graphic before we end out the podcast. Uh, Jake, I don't know if you have it ready or not here, but I had those couple of Braves questions for you. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, and these, these are just kind of questions I found online as well. So, do you think, you know, the Atlanta Braves, uh, should Newcomb be a reliever? 
Um, God, this is so hard. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll do we'll do the question, the second question before we do Soroka, talk about Soroka and Freed. Yeah. Um, should Nukem be a reliever? So I have like no stats to back this up because I don't like Sean Nukem makes me like nauseous sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I think so. Like I know he's good. He's that guy that like I know he's good, but I don't want him to be a starter. Okay. But but I also don't trust him enough to be a reliever. Like he just has like he's that guy that's in the MLB in my opinion because he has velocity and like a good breaking ball. But his control issues are so bad. Gotcha. Well, um then Alexia, I know one uh asked you as well here. How do you feel about the extra inning rule that they're putting in for this year? You probably shouldn't ask me that. I'm freaking. That's <laughs> such a. It's a freaking joke, dude. What is this little league? <laughs> I mean, you're talking about putting a guy at second base. It's this, the, uh, literally. It's like it? freaking fifth grade pee wee league, like to get the game over so parents can go home and stop watching their kids play because they know they're not going to the major leagues. No, it's freaking garbage. Why are we going to do this to a major league level? Yeah, so they, I, I get it. They want to avoid the game, the the way of going to 18 innings and, and playing all night long. But, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. And, yeah, I get it. It's a 60-game season, so they're trying to implement anything uh, to make things better. But, I mean, come on. For for a major league baseball level, like you're, you're going to implement – a guy starting at second base, I, I think it's a total joke. And uh, I don't think it's going to help anything besides getting the game over quicker. And Rob Manfred, like always, is ruining baseball. And um, I think he's the worst commissioner in the history of sports. And, and yeah, I, that's, that's, that's my opinion on it, on, on that second base. All right, well, let me follow up here with the uh, questions <laughs> about the universe of DH and the three batter minimum for relief pitchers here, too. Uh, okay. Universal DH, yeah, go yeah, for you, it. You, you can cover it, Jake. You can cover that one. Um, no, I don't. I don't want a Universal DH at all. I I'm an NL fan. I know. I know Alexi's an NL fan. Calvin, I know you are an NL fan as well, for the most part. And I think we all agree that the the Universal DH is like dumb. Now. If you want to look at it from a money standpoint, it's probably your best option. But having different rules for different leagues is is ridiculous. Um, I, I like I personally just want to get rid of the DH altogether. But yeah, like I I can't go into how much detail. Like I hate the DH. I think it's stupid. Okay, well I'm- I think. I mean, I'm, I'm with you on like the hatred of the DH period, but for all seasons to implement a universal DH, you know, and make it where it's the similar. I only talked about the DH already tonight, but I'd say you know what, go for it for this yeah. season because what if that explodes? What if that just helps people watch more baseball period on TV, and then guys like the three of us go. Dude, hang on a second. Did I really want to see a ten to nine baseball game? You know, or would I be fine with the seeing a five to four, you know, game or whatever? Right? Like, 
I'm not saying the DH makes you know a five run difference, but I'm just just throwing it out there. Like I, yeah. How much is the DH going to speed up the pace of play? How much is the DH going to you know do that type type of stuff where oh now we're seeing a bunch more home runs because they're universal DH? Like I don't. You know, I know, I know, for example, I'll, I'll say it this way. I know, for example, the Padres are going to love to have a university DH because Austin Hedges is an amazing fielder, amazingly good catcher, all type of stuff, but his hitting is just absolutely subpar. And they basically have, um, Francisco Mejia play catcher a lot of the times just because Mejia is, um, a good, a better hitter than Hedges. And even though Hedges is a definitely better fielder, but, the DH, I'm, I'd be totally fine if they got rid of it, but I'm also kind of happy that they're going to universal because I don't ever see MLB just going away from the DH period now. That's been around for as long as that. I don't see them just cutting out the DH. Um, Alexi, I'll ask you on the, on the three, um, three runner rule or three batter rule, uh, excuse me, for relief pitchers here. You think that'll help? You think that'll hurt people watching more games? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, love this one either i don't think it's going to make a drastic change to where you're going to get some some average baseball fan to start watching games um it's going to be really weird it's definitely going to be um it's going to change like strategy wise because you know you're not going to have that that manager go out switch a lefty for a righty to face a lefty and then switch him out as soon as he gets the lefty out you know you're not going to have all that so it's going to be really weird I don't love it. I don't think it changes anything in terms of speeding up the game per se. Um, and if it does, okay, cool. You say five or 10 minutes, but I like, that's what I'm saying. Like it's a stupid little things like that, that doesn't need to be changed. And you're, you're doing it to do for what, like to try it out or you're going to just implement this forever in the major league. So, um, I don't know. I, I just I don't I don't really love it. I don't think it does anything for the game either. So, well, the funny thing about this rule is like your casual baseball fan probably doesn't know why you would even switch pitchers. Yeah, exactly. Like if you, if you have a lefty pitching to a righty, and then you have a righty coming up, and then you bring in a lefty, they'd be like, "Oh, they only pitched one better. Why are you switching pitchers?" Exactly. They, they don't and, even understand and like, it, right? Oh, because the breaking balls like break away from the batter, and they're like, "Oh, okay." And then like that's it. There's no really like they just you just kind of get it. That's the right. only thing about this rule. It seems like Alexi they just pulled like this rule from MLB. Yep. Like from the the show. Yeah. No. Seriously. <laughs> It's like they're just like pulling stuff out and like, oh, let's do this. This sounds good. This might speed up by five minutes because apparently Manfred wants to speed the game up because the game shouldn't go three hours. Not like an NFL game goes for three hours or a game. Obviously, an NBA game doesn't go for three hours, but you know, has I still get why like you're trying to put like a time limit on these games. Like you, you, you got to attract fans, and and by speeding it up by maybe less thirty minutes less, that's not gonna bring somebody into the game more, you know, it's, it's still baseball. You got to do something else, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, weird setup right now, especially with, uh, with the 60 game season. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it works. All right. And I'll answer this, uh, Mookie Betts question here. Do I think that if Mookie Betts gets off to a slow start, it'll hurt his free agency. And, 
I mean, the answer is I don't think. I mean, I don't think if he has a bad season or gets off to a slow start or whatever, um, it'll, it'll hurt Mookie's free agency chances. To be honest, just because like it would either have to take something such a drastically horrible season that would hurt his free agency chances. But I I think that this season's just going to be such an odd season no matter what that. The Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. I mean, like, that's the one certainty I have right now from hearing you guys talk and from, you know, hearing everything else, too, is that I almost book it. All right, Dodgers can make the playoffs. And that's going to be on the Dodgers roster. And unless he gets randomly traded to, I don't know, to the Orioles or something midseason or whatever for some random reason, which I never be able to guess then I think he's going to be totally fine for agency just because this whole season's just been such a, this whole season's just going to be such a weird MLB season anyways. I mean, what are people really going to like know or, or do from this as far as next year? Like, what are you going to, you know, oh, he had a bad season because he didn't, it wasn't in rhythm, you know, didn't, you know, had a bad start or whatever, but was fine fielding. You know I mean? It would just take something so drastic that I, I don't think it's possible. agree yeah if Mookie Betts is too good of a player I, I don't see his value dropping even if he had a bad year yeah well um is there anything from my list of questions that you guys want to answer here I mean Rays can I, I say that I bet the Rays could win the World Series you know is one of the things on here I wouldn't say why not mm-hmm. you know um I think anything's I think possible. We end this yeah by uh by giving our our predictions maybe our our uh World Series, World Series predictions. World right. Series matchup. There we go. All right, Alexi, I'll, I'll start off with you then. World Series matchup. Who you got? All right. Well, you know who I'm picking in the National League, right? <laughs> Cubs. <laughs> You'll be surprised. You'll be really surprised. <laughs> the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, never in hundred years. But uh, no, I'll. Well, let's get taking that long to go to the playoffs. But anyways. Yeah, uh, probably will. But uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm rolling, rolling Cardinals in the National League. Gotta go bias. Gotta, gotta be, you know, boring and pick them. Um, and then I'm gonna go in the American League. Uh, oof. Now I want to be a little bold. How about the Oakland Athletics? I think they have a solid team. Um, very underrated lineup. Some, some solid pitching. I'm gonna go St. Louis versus Oakland in the World Series in a weird season. Ooh. Okay. Jake, you want to go or you want me to go? Here. Uh, I, I'll go Braves-Cleveland. Okay. What? Not, not too. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to go Yankees just because I think they're going to mostly be able to stay healthy in a 60-game season. I think it's going to help them out. You know, that they're playing a shortened season. It's going to help their guys stay healthier when it seems like they're always injured. Um in the NL, like, as much as I, I want to say, you know what, I, I don't care if I'm right or wrong, I just want to be the homer pick and, you know, kind of the bias and all type of stuff, the Cardinals have a real chance of, like, winning the World Series and, like, actually being in the playoffs. The Padres are just way too young right now, and it would have to take such a head-and-shoulders leap to be the NL team in the World Series that I don't think I can stick my neck out that incredibly far. So, I... I don't know. I would say it's going to be super boring, but at the end of the day, I guess I'm going to have to say Dodgers, Dodgers, Yankees or so. I'm going to try to, if if I'm not going to try to get this fun, you know, if I'm going to try to go like serious, like what actually, you know, like then I guess I got to go say Dodgers as much as I despise the Dodgers. Someone's got to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, with the Dodgers, like, it's the safe pick, but it's probably the right pick. Yeah, yeah for Coming sure. into the year. They're, they're, just, the best, they're the best team in the National League, hands down. I, think I just don't the trust them in the playoffs again. yet. Oh, I, I think they'll make it to World Series again. And then um, Clayton Gershaw will give up three home runs in one of the World Series games he pitches in. And I hope so. Absolutely. I mean, it's just... I, as like, long I don't as feel the bad Braves don't give up nine just, runs to yeah. the Cardinals. As long as what? The Braves the don't give up nine runs to the Cardinals. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was, I, I still don't know how the hell that happened. I was like, what is even... How is, how is this happening right now? Because we I, had Fulte pitching in our last game. You're welcome. I still don't know how... that Our offense was, like, garbage from the end of the season. Well, I guess that last week until, like, we just could not hit in the playoffs. Dude, you walked five guys in the first inning. No, I know. And that's we were usually swinging at every damn pitch. Like, we could not touch the Nationals and for the Braves for two of those games because one of those was like a two to one game and mm-hmm. the other was like a four to three, like really low scoring games. But yeah, no, Fulte was, was awful. And then Sean Newcomb came in, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't yeah. throw strikes either. Yeah. That was. That was an interesting series. I'd rather put my head through a wall. <laughs> you know what? But that was that was the absurdity in baseball that I that I look forward to. You know, I don't look forward yes. to my friends' teams losing, but I do look forward to my friends' teams winning, which I guess one of the two things happened. But I do look forward <laughs> to the absurdity and the randomness of baseball. Of like we said before, we're not really sure who you know we could predict to win the MVP because baseball is just such a random sport, and you never know you know, what's going to happen or how it's going to play out, and it's hard to guess. But, um, you know, maybe Otani will win the MVP. You know, I'll just be the guy who's crazy out here thinking that because I don't know. I don't know why. I'm sure Trout will or something random anyways. Um, I'm sure nothing random will happen. Trout will win, and then it'll be the Dodgers, Yankees, and World Series, and the Angels will barely make the playoffs. But anyways, um, guys, thanks so much for joining me on the latest episode of the CGA Tour here and please follow at the cga tour on twitter and instagram if you are not already for all the podcast updates news and notes and i usually don't ask about it but please review the podcast it helps me out a lot and helps more people listen in thanks so much for listening again and we'll catch you guys soon see you guys